0: Hi, this is Janet Lansbury, and welcome to Unruffled. This week, I'm responding to a mom who's concerned about the rough and sometimes dangerous games her girls are getting involved in with friends in the park, and she's wondering when to step in, if at all, or when to let kids work it out for themselves. Before I begin, I want to remind everybody, both of my books, No Bad Kids and Elevating Childcare, are available on audio at audible.com, in paperback at Amazon and in ebook at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and apple.com. Hi there. I'm curious what your thoughts are on slightly older children and conflicts between them. My children are 4 and 6 and we have a small group of friends. We have park dates with. At these park dates, I've encountered on a number of occasions situations where there are games with good guy, bad guy themes, wrestling, sword play, gunplay, various types of spy games, attack games, usually these games get out of control and someone is hurt. The parents in the group are varied in their attitudes about this, but we all want to let the children be children. We don't want to hover and interfere, etc, etc. But at the same time, I feel it is our responsibility to lead and direct towards safety and respect at all times. I have two girls and they fight at home. I typically let them work things out, unless there's physical violence or some kind of a serious unfair advantage. But in larger groups, there have been many instances where the boys are playing rough and hurting each other, and one or another boy is in tears afterwards. Their parents stay out of the conflicts and let the boys work it out. When the boys are rough and they get rough with my kids, then I have to become involved because I've taught my girls to be respectful of other kids and their bodies. They simply would not throw a rock at another child, for example, but some of these boys will do just that. It is after this has happened several times that we have had talks with the parents and occasionally abandoned friendships that were not improving. Is this the wrong approach? I wonder if I'm doing a disservice to my daughters by not abandoning them to the fray when the play turns to fighting. In other words, I want them to be safe, kind, and strong. I feel they are too young to leave them to their own devices. And if I had a son, I do not think I would leave my son to battle his way through either. Would you care to weigh in and share your thoughts? I would appreciate it very much, and perhaps you have an article to share. Thanks. Okay, I agree with this mother 100%, and... I get a little bit, I don't know, it makes my heart feel a little bit heavy when I hear these kinds of things going on, because we always hear that there's, there are all these parents out there that are, you know, hovering, and they're trying to fix their children's every struggle and be over-involved. And yet, I feel sometimes that there's encouragement for the pendulum to swing all the way to the other extreme. Parents are encouraged to just look away and let their children do whatever and not have any uh, boundaries around them or, or be involved at all. And I feel like that is a very misguided way of perceiving freedom for children and so, anyway, I kind of feel like I'm maybe have contributed to this in some way or the, the uh, approach that I teach because it's very much about encouraging children to come to solutions themselves, to work through conflicts as much as possible. But it is not by just ignoring and letting them go and completely staying out of it. The approach I teach, Magda Gerber's approach, is about being very aware. And this awareness is developed through lots and lots of sensitive observation of our children, beginning when they're babies, ideally, watching them play, really understanding the motivations for what they do, and really trying to see through their through their eyes. And this is like a constant process of learning, uh, observing. I mean, I've been observing young children for... 20-something years now, and I'm still learning so much. I mean, it's it's really endless, and we're never going to be perfect at it, but it's a process that uh, I recommend engaging in to whatever level we're able to, spending as much time doing this with children as possible. And what it does is it shows us the difference between exuberant roughhousing that's healthy and... That line that children can cross where they or some children actually come into play with this. If they, if they have things going on in their life that have created stress in them or, you know, anger in them, they'll they'll actually come into play with this. Or they can be playing sort of in a more healthy manner, and it just sort of escalates into them losing control, you know, where play isn't really, it's not even really fun anymore. It's it's this impulse that's purely emotional, and they're kind of lost in themselves, and they're just out of control. And that's when children do get hurt, and it's not healthy for either child that's involved to allow things to go to that place. You know, when this mother says something about throwing rocks, that's a little bit surprising that children would get to that point where they're throwing rocks. I mean, that's kind of an extreme um, being lost in oneself and one's behavior, you know, a one year old knows that we don't want them to throw things at us. So that means that children have gone into this place of totally unconscious behavior and they need there to be adults that are, you know, not staring at them every second, but aware that there's, you know, a point where that child is not benefiting from the, you know, therapeutic value of the rough and tumble play. Uh, So one of the ways that we can see this is by noticing that that child has sort of lost their ability to read the other children they're playing with. So if we see that there's a child being very rough and we can see that the other child is actually not feeling welcoming of that wrestling or welcoming of that physical behavior, then we have to step in, I believe, you know, not running in there like it's an emergency, but stepping in to say, Mm, it doesn't look like so-and-so wants that, so I'm going to stop you. Not with judgment, not with anger, or not with, you know, f- rescuing that other child, but just intervening, you know, letting children know that we're there and we're, we're going to keep them within the lines of safety and appropriateness in their play. Now, my husband weighed in on this with me because he grew up with four brothers, And they did a lot of rough play. And he was saying, this is what boys do, and it's fine. And and I agree with that. But for a number of reasons, it does cross that line. Now, some of the reasons are that there are big disruptions happening in the child's life. Maybe um, parents are separating, or there's a big move or a shakeup, or the parents are expecting another baby. Those kinds of things create that kind of stress, or parents that do not uh, give leadership to the children, the children don't feel they have any boundaries, that can create a kind of rage and just a feeling of, you know, a lack of safety that sends children off into this kind of play. Uh, Another one would be parents that are very physically punitive or get angry easily and yell at children. That can create children that have to release all those feelings as they play. Another reason would be, you know, roughhousing parents that, you know, really overpower them. And this, I, I believe that roughhousing has to be when it's parent to child, it really has to be done with sensitivity so that it's not the parent overwhelming the child, that the child is an equal partner in the play. So the parent isn't completely dominating. Because that can cause a child to want to go out with other children and express that powerlessness, trying to regain power by, you know, even assaulting other children in a way with their feelings. So if we have friends that we know are going through these kinds of things, you know, parents that are friends of ours, and I'm not judging any of that. It all, you know, it, it happens. And these are all, it's all within the realms of loving, caring parents but these are things to keep in mind if we know that families are going through that or we know that a child has that tendency to go over the line in their play that we are very aware you know you can see it in a child you can see when they're when they're really lost in themselves and being ready to stop things stop things in the kindest most loving way but let children know that we're there we're going to we're going to keep them safe we're going to keep the, you know, quote, aggressor safe and the other child. Neither one of them want to go there and have someone get hurt. So we need to be there to help both children. When these kinds of things have happened in my classes, where a child is, you know, I can see that that child is, Just, you know, kind of playing a little too rough with things, you know, throwing objects that shouldn't be thrown. I mean, really, it's mostly just the balls in class that we want them to throw. And if they're throwing heavier objects or throwing things towards people or just running into kids a little too hard, you know, you can see it. And then I'm ready. (laughs) I know that that child is going to keep probably to cross the line. I can see that their play is not really uh, at all centered in them anymore, that it's kind of crossed the line into an uncomfortable place. And I'm ready to stop them. And then, of course, they start to do something that maybe they've just done once. They've thrown something that I didn't want them to throw down in a not safe way. And so I see them picking something else up, and then I'll say, I'm going to stop you, you know, whatever that line is where I realize that, you know, there's no turning back for this child right now. And sometimes I will take that child to their parent. You know, the parents, usually have them sitting and observing. Maybe I'll even pick the child up and take the child to their parent. And it always happens that the child will completely melt down and express those feelings that are behind the behavior. And then it's even clearer, you know, that what was driving that behavior was not joy and fun and connecting with other children. It was these other emotions that needed to be shared. I would trust that. I would always stop children, and I would feel very, very good about that. Um, It's not cramping their style. It's helping them. It's helping all of them, and it's ensuring they stay safe. So basically, I'm just saying that I agree with this parent completely, and... Yes, we've all gotta use our judgment and be aware of the children our children are playing with, knowing as much as we can about what's going on with them, spending some time observing those children, all of the children so we, we kind of see a little bit about what goes on and how they play and yeah, being ready to intervene. And that's not the same as hovering. All we're doing is being someone in there to protect and hold a line for children when they can't hold it themselves. So absolutely protect, be sensible, and if you see something you're uncomfortable with, you know, you could say, hey, I'm, I'm just not comfortable with this. I would be really honest, but again, not expressing annoyance or anger at any of the children, because really that's not gonna help anybody, and you know, they don't deserve it. They're doing what they know and they're, they're doing their best in that moment. They always do. So I hope that helps. And I really appreciate you asking me about my thoughts. Check out my other podcasts. And again, both of my books are available in audio at audible.com and paperback at Amazon and in ebook at Amazon, Barnes and Noble and apple.com. We can do this.